Oh, yes, you guys are so good. <laughs> I mean, it's our last time in this building for second service. It's like stellar or something. And anyway, we've been we've been talking about when the devil knocks and he's always coming and knocking. He's always doing something. And we, we've been talking about just how do we fight him? So we're not glorifying the devil in any way, shape or form. It's not a, a devil glorifying session, but actually we're just trying to uncover some things about him so that we know how to fight and we can do it correctly are you ready for the lord's word today you ready for god to just kind of infuse you with something today he's gonna use me to help do it but boy he loves you and he's just excited that you're with us today oh god is awesome 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 how many knows it's not people that we're fighting i mean kind of yeah but we're in a spiritual battle and people are being used of the enemy and all kinds of things it's not flesh and blood paul says but it's about uh spiritual things things that are going on things that you can't really see not everything that we see with our eyes is always correct how many understand that that's what how magicians make their living they're illusionists that sounds fun just to say illusionists but they, they do things to make you think something is happening when it's not happening or whatever. So the enemy is very good at those kind of things. We, uh, we looked at what Paul said and he said again, it's a spiritual battle. We have a real enemy and he goes by different names. We know he's called Satan, Lucifer, Prince of Darkness, Father of Light. I'm just giving you a few. Um, evil one the deceiver we said in the first week the accuser we said last week this week we're calling him the destroyer and that's his mission his mission is to come against the people of god he hates you because you're made in god's image the other day i went into myers and i was returning something back and the girl that's taken my the object i'm, I'm bringing back you know it's just like a, a houseware item and and she's looking at me and and she, you know she's kind of like and I'm thinking, I have no idea who you are. You know, I don't know. Who, and, and I said, you know, oh, oh, you okay? And she said, you know who you look like? I said, who? She said, you look like Zach. I said, girl, he looks like me. I don't look like him. He looks like me. But anyway, she goes, oh, no way, you're his dad. I said, yeah, I'm his dad. She goes, oh. You see, you're made in the image of God. You're supposed to reflect the Father. You're supposed to reflect where people look at you and go, no, they're not. you're not trying to be God, but you're made in his image where we should have some kind of residue. We should have some kind of likeness, some kind of something that somebody that sees you goes, that's a believer. Have you ever met someone? Oh, I'm getting wound up. Have you ever met someone that, you know, within about two seconds, two shakes of a stick, those people are believers. I mean, you didn't even know their name, but you're already like, yes, away. They're a believer because there's something what we're talking about that connects not just with physical, you know, something spiritually is connecting. It's the same way we are fighting against things that are things you cannot always detect with your natural eyes, but your spirit man is seeing all those things. And he is on guard. And we want to talk about the enemy and how we're beating him up. I like to beat him up for a change. <laughs> First Peter 5, 8 says, stay alert, watch out for your great enemy. I don't like saying great, but that's what the word says. Great enemy, the devil, he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Just also wanted to bring out that 
the devil is compared to an animal from the cat family. Not the dog family. <laughs> but then again, Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. So, okay. So you cat people, you're all good. All right. Jesus came to give us life and give it to us more abundantly. And we are told that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to steal your joy. He wants to kill your peace. He wants to destroy your contentment. In other words, he doesn't want you just to be content. You know what content is? Just being happy about where you're at. I mean, you might not have everything. You might not have all of this. Sometimes half of us don't know what we don't have because we don't compare. When you start comparing, if you want to try to keep up with the Joneses, you've got yourself in a whole bunch of mess. But if we could just be content, Lord, I'm on a journey. I'm not where I was. I'm on my way to where you want me to go. But the enemy wants to take your contentment. How does he do that? He's going to attack your finances. He's going to attack your family. He's going to attack your friendships, your marriage, your body, your mind, your spiritual life. He's going to come at you in any way he can. He's always trying to rob people of God from the blessings that God wants them to do so they can't enjoy the blessings. He can't stop God from doing what God does, but he could kind of stop you from enjoying it if you let him. Does that make sense? He can make you miserable so you can't enjoy the blessings of God. You could be something could happen and it'd be great, and then he could turn around and try to get you somewhere else where you just can't enjoy that blessing. We've been looking at some images as we see the enemy and the strategy to defeat him. Week one, we looked at him as the deceiver, where he fills our mind with lies. Week two, we looked at him as the accuser, where he uh, targets our hearts with accusations and condemnation. You'll never amount to anything. You're no good. You're no good. You're no good, baby. You're no good. <laughs> oh. All right. Well, this week we're looking at him as a destroyer, and he attacks our will with pride. Now, I, I needed to put this in here. Because pride is one of those things that there's a fine line with pride. There are some people that take it way to the extreme that they feel like they can't be proud of anything. You can be proud of stuff. This is, this is talking about a, a pride that rejects God and that just is self-supporting. The enemy attacks our will with pride. And we always thought the only time the enemy is going to attack and, and like, duh, yeah, when you're down. How many have ever been down and it's just like he wants to kick you when you're down? I got, you know, I've, I've figured this out that he will attack you whether you're down. Because when we're down, we expect it almost. Or, yeah, that's par for the course. I'm just waiting on the other shoe to drop. Mm. That kind of stuff. We understand that. But I'm telling you that he won't just attack you when you're down. Everybody say, but. He will attack you. This is our first thought. He will attack you in good times as well in bad ones. So in other words, when you're on the mountain, when everything's going right, you got to be watchful because he might try to come and attack you. Because sometimes we will think that we got ourselves to the mountain. We are all that in a bag of chips. I mean, after all, it's us. We have all of these things together. and We, we tend to forget. You know, I, I've talked sometimes with some great leaders, and one of those is, is Pastor Gary. And there's people that he has helped along the way. And, and at some point or another, sometimes they, they forget who helped them get to where they're at. 
And he's not asking for that. I mean, God used him to do that. But I'm sometimes what happens when we get so full of pride? When we are least aware, that's when we're most vulnerable. When we think we're invincible, when we think we are Superman or Superwoman, that's when we are most vulnerable. When we understand and we think to ourselves, we are everything that's happening. After all, I've entered the room. Things should be great. Watch out. Some of you are like, I never think that. And I'm glad. I'm glad. The enemy will try to get you at either end of the stick. He really doesn't care which end as long as he can get you. That's what he wants. If he can get you so that he can make you miserable and you can't enjoy the blessings of God and he can condemn you and he can lie to you and you're going to believe all that and then he can fill you with pride and you'll just be, you know, it's all about me or you'll have a pity party. Can I tell you at your pity party, nobody's coming. We need to get ourselves in the idea of saying, God, you know what? Without you, I'm nothing. I need you for everything. So we want to deal with pride. We want to talk about it. So let's unpack this just a second. As a believer of Jesus, as a Jesus follower, we thank him for his sacrifice. We thank him for what he did on the cross because we are saved. How many knows by grace? We didn't do anything. He did it before we ever chose him. He chose us. And there are people maybe in the sound of my voice. They're like, I didn't even choose him. You didn't have to choose him. He already chose you. One thing I hated in, in elementary school is if you had to pick sides. Anybody hate that? Okay, line up. Everybody get a pick. I'll take you. I'll take you. Nobody wanted to be the last one picked. Because if you never got picked, whoever didn't get picked, that team got the person they didn't want. And you felt like, ooh. Nobody liked that. The enemy wants you to feel that way. If you have somebody in your life that you deeply love, you want to find out their likes and dislikes and you want to please them because that's what they really like. So I'm going to do things that they like. I know what Kim likes. I'm going to get her things that she likes. I, you know, I see something. Oh, she'd love that. I'm going to get that. Or I just, oh, I feel like buying or something. I'm going to get that. But if I know some things that she hates, I'm not going to get that. I'm not going to say, hey, honey, I, I bought you this compound bow. Yes, I know, I know, it is really, it's just my gift to you. She's going to be like, what? So, you know, the things that she hates, I'm not going to do that. Are you aware that there are things that God actually hates? There are people that say, no, God is love, God is love, God love, 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 love. But there are things that God hates. Look at Proverbs 6, 16 through 19. There are six things the Lord hates. No, seven. If we had magnificent seven music, I'd call this the malignant seven. I'm okay. <laughs> All right, here we go. There's, there are six things the Lord hates. No seven things he detests. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that kill the innocent, a heart that plots evil, feet that race to do wrong, and a false witness who pours out lies. A person who sows discord in a family. That's quite a list, and at the top of that is pride. Haughtiness is Pride. It's at the very top of the list that God hates. Pride is effective because it's deceptive. Our second thought this morning, the more pride you have, the less you think you have it. Think about what I just said. The more you have, the less you think you have it. Do you have a problem with pride? If your answer is yes, it's probably a great message for you. If your answer is no, this is the message for you. 
Real pride, sinful, destructive pride is a declaration of independence. It's saying, God, I'm self-supporting now. I don't need you. Thanks for your help, but, you know, see ya. That's pretty dangerous ground. Your services are no longer required. The truth is, we are no way self-sufficient. Here's some issues with pride. Pride angers God. 16.9 of Proverbs, or 16.5, excuse me. The Lord detests the proud. They will surely be punished. Why does God feel this way about pride? Because it caused Lucifer to fall from heaven. That's in Luke 14.12-14. Pride, uh, pride made the devil what he was and did all of that. It also tempted Eve and Adam in, in the garden in Genesis. He does the same thing today when he tries to appeal to our pride. Pride can be tricky. Sometimes we're just like, I don't want to be, you know. Let me see, how, how can I say this? I can't, I'm just going to say it. In most towns, there's usually a good side and a bad side. There's the East Enders and the West Enders. And there are people on both sides that'll be like, they're from the East they live on the east side. And there'll be people like, man, they're from the west end. How many know what I'm talking about? Can I say there are still people? They're still, I don't care what side of the tracks you live on. I've had even people say, we live on the other side of the tracks. What's that mean? <laughs> Pride will get us, it, it is a separator. Without even realizing it. We judge people by how they look, what they wear. What they drive, how they talk, we all do it. It's hard not to. I mean, there'll be people, we do things and we spiritualize everything. I'm just looking at their fruit. There's some fruity people, huh? But we try, I mean, that we do all that and God is, you know, we got to understand something. We put our pants on the same way, one leg at a time. And we need to start looking to God and, we, and quit judging. Now, now listen, I know there's right and wrong, and I know the Bible says it's very plain about things. I'm not saying not do the Bible. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, it's not my job to make every, you know, they don't have to, I don't snap the plumb line. God does. So they don't have to come by my counter or my ticket booth and go, okay, you'll pass. No, no, you won't. Because it really comes down to God loves everybody. He hates sin, but he loves everybody. Pride will separate us. We'll start thinking we're too good for this person. We're not good enough or they're too good for us. Or the enemy will come at you. And you all know what I'm talking about. He'll come at you different ways. You know, I'm just trust me. I got people that, you know, I've been married to this woman for over 33 years. Going on 34 And she is prettier now than when I met her. But I will have people that have said over those years, how the heck did he get her? <laughs> I'm very blessed. But the enemy wants to come in. Come on. He wants to come in and say this or that or whatever, or you won't have this or you won't have that. I'm telling you, life is in your mouth. And pride will ruin everything. 
But if you start speaking what God is telling you and what God declares about you and what the word says about you, you can have whoever God has appointed for you. I'm living proof. There's a guy. I just tell people, let me just stand by my wife. God's real. (laughs) Pride never reaches the hands or the feet. It resides in the heart. We get that from birth. Pride brings strife. The root of every quarrel, every conflict, every battle. The war of sin. At the bottom of that, somewhere in there is pride. Proverbs 13.10 says this. Pride leads to conflict. Those who take advice are wise. The next argument you hear. The next church that divides. The next divorce that destroys a home. Somewhere in there, pride has found a hold. Pride has no honor. Matthew 23, 12, but those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. You see, in the Bible, the way up is down. You want to be first? Be last. Be a servant. Satan fell because he said, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. That's in Isaiah. He sought honor and he dishonored himself. But Jesus did it different. Jesus came from heaven and laid down all of those wonderful things as God and and dwelled among us and died for us so that we could live forever. Such a different picture. Such an amazing God that says, I, I love you so much. This statement will change your life. The more I read this, the more I'm like, oh. So if you're taking notes, here's a good statement. Jesus was not free because he didn't sin. He didn't sin because he was free. Jesus did not. Jesus was not free because he didn't sin. He didn't sin because he was free. This is the point. The truth will set you free. So this is, I mean, just that statement alone is saying this. You got to work this. It's up to you. For reals. It's up to you. Because the enemy is going to come knocking. You can open the door and let him in. Ooh, yeah, yeah, let him in. Enemy's knocking at the door. He's going to ring your bell. No. <laughs> you don't have to let him in. But you've got to decide. What's the truth? That's what will set you free. What's the truth? I can stand on the truth. You know why those things, on Christ a solid rock I stand on, all other ground is sinking sand. You know why those are made? Because the truth. If you can stand on the truth, then the truth stands. It doesn't go away. Here's a pop quiz, a quick test. I'm going to give you, here's a reality check and I can't say that I did the greatest in this. So I did this for myself and wrote it and said, okay, I'll give it to everybody else. They probably won't like me, but you know. Are you irritated when you are corrected for a mistake? <laughs> I don't, you don't have to throw your hands up. <laughs> you see wives going, did you hear him? Did you hear him? All right. 
Do you find yourself accepting praise for things over which you have no control? Do you tend to forget who blessed you with talents and abilities? When you make a mistake, are you quick with an alibi? Is, it, is everything always someone else's fault? When there's a personal conflict, are you quick to tell yourself you can get along without that person? Are you prone to think you can go it alone? Is it difficult for you to take advice and are you extremely reluctant to seek it? Do you have an ungrateful spirit toward what God has given you and a bitterness about what you think you deserve? Is your life marked by a sense of competition? Do you measure success by victories over other people? Do you see in yourself an independence from God and a sense of self-sufficiency? You see, pride is a recipe for disaster. The more we think we don't need God, the worse it's going to get. I went to a, uh, a VA hospital because I was asked to go see somebody. Nobody would go see them and they said, would you please go? And I said, yes. And they had told this guy he had... I want to say they said he had two weeks to live, is what they told him. Now, I, I've seen God raise people and change all that. So, to me, that's, that's not the issue. But I walked in the room. This is a true story. I walked in the room, and he cussed me out of the room. I heard some four-letter words and all kinds of things. I mean, I didn't even say, hi, my name I mean, he knew I was the pastor or a preacher or whatever. And when I came in the room, he pretty much told me what he felt. And I said, cool. I had my card. I said, listen, I'm just going to leave this here. You want to throw it away? Throw it away. I walked out of the room. He called me in less than two weeks. And his call was, could you come back? And I went back, told him about Jesus, led him to Jesus, and he died three days later. My point, pride is always separating itself from God. But if you really want to get to the truth, everybody faces eternity. I can't do anything about yours other than tell you the truth. The only thing I can do about mine is know the truth and walk in it, just like you have to. But it is the truth that sets us free. We all have to end up facing, God, I need you. We all need God. Pride would tell you no, but truth would tell you yes. Here's our last thought for this morning. Fight with the armor of God. Fight with the armor of God. Now, we've talked in these three weeks about the deceiver, the accuser, the destroyer. We've talked about, if you remember in the first week, we talked about the couple swords they used. They used the one sword that was a, a big sword. And that was really used for, you know, kept the enemy kind of away. If you can picture maybe a, the Goliath's sword type thing. Then we talked about the gladius sword, that smaller sword that was almost like, you know, it was for hand-to-hand combat. My friends, how close the enemy gets is how much truth you receive. Think about it. The more truth I receive of the word, the further I am from the enemy. And the better I be. 
So if, in fact, I have to do hand-to-hand combat, let's just say he gets close, then how do I do that? I'm going to do this. Now, again, we're talking about the armor. In Ephesians, it talks about putting on the helmet of salvation. I think it's Psalm 147.7 or something like that. It says, God, you cover my head in the day of battle. So when I'm fighting, Lord, you, you, you get a hold of my wits. You get a hold of my senses here of, of what I need to do. You know, my, my, my wife would say, my spider sense is going off. You know, her mama sense, you know, it's going off. Okay, so I cover my head. And then I put on the breastplate of righteousness. You know what righteousness is? Real simply, righteousness is God's right way of doing things. That's it. Just do it the way God wants. Just do it the way. Instead of saying, I got to do it just my way, do it the way God wants. You know, I, I watched a guy lose his position on staff because the, now check this out. This is, to me, was idiotic. The pastor said, here's how, and I'm kind of meticulous, I get it. The pastor, I want the chairs like this. I don't want them right here. I want them right here. I want the chairs like this. They will be right here. Do you understand? The guy's like, yes, I understand. And he would put the chairs just off on purpose. He lost his job over it. Because his authority was saying, here's how I want it. Do you understand? Yes. And he would do it just different. That's pride. That's pride. We have to get to the place where we just say, God, I don't have to agree. But, you know, you should agree with God. Because you'll lose that battle. I don't have to agree with my own wits. I don't have to agree with my own understanding. But I cover my head with you. You'll show me. And you'll make it come out truth. So now I put on the breastplate of righteousness, your right way of doing things. I understand that. I got my head screwed on straight. I gird my loins with truth. In other words, I'm not living lies. I'm, I'm talking truth. I'm believing truth. I'm in the truth. The word is truth. I don't listen to the father of lies because he doesn't say anything. If his lips are moving, he's lying. I don't listen to the enemy. I listen to God because truth is God. I gird my feet or I, I gird my feet. Yeah, I gird my feet. I shod my feet or I put on those, those boots of peace. Another word for that in the Bible means readiness. Are you really ready? Would you be ready if you needed to? But I want this peace. I want God, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. So whatever you say, let's go. So I've got that. I've got that. I have the shield of faith now. Because the enemy's always shooting darts at you. He's always throwing those accusations those lies the pride all of that stuff is coming at you sometimes it comes at you so subtly you don't even catch it but in the spirit you can then you have that sword and that's the best weapon of all you pull out that sword and this is how you fight and you have the answer in the beginning you saw the trailer you have the answer it is written Revelation 12, 11 says they overcame him, meaning the enemy, by the blood of the lamb. They're in covenant. We believe Christ and the word of their testimony. The word, the word, the word. So I'm going to get the word and I'm going to use the word. Brett, I don't even know what, what's coming against you. That's how you know. Well, I, I'm, I'm afraid there are there are words for fear. You did not give me a spirit of fear, but of power, love and a sound mind. I will not be afraid. The Lord is on my side. Psalm 118, you know, you have, there's words. It is written. Well, I, this is what's going on. This is what's coming against me. Then use the word. 
Get that sword out and start yielding that. Start wielding that around and start saying the word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Now, here's the last thought that it's not in the point system that we have here, but you can say things. The Bible says life and death is in your mouth. You can continue to speak, you know, like Eeyore. Oh, we'll never make it. I don't know. You can sing Charlie Brown. You know, why is everybody always picking on me? You can go back to hee-haw. Gloom, despair, agony on me. Oh. You can go back all that time. You can do that. God gives you a will to be able to do that. Free to do that. You're free to roam about the cabin and be stupid if you'd like. But you can fight with truth. You can stop the enemy... And just shut him up in his tracks. Here's the thing. You, you got to understand this. And, and then I'm finished. You, Goliath is, is taunting all of Israel. Comes out every day and says whatever he says. You know, condemnation. All kinds of lies, whatever. And David, he asked, I think three times, if you look at the scripture. This is in Chronicles. What's, what's going to be the reward? You know, no taxes, king's daughter, stuff like that. Anyway... He takes some persecution from his brothers. But now listen, David goes by what he knows is truth. He doesn't go by what people say. He goes by what he knows is truth. The Bible says that Goliath is offended. Basically, because David, little David's coming out against big bad Goliath. And Goliath is like, okay. And he starts, the Bible says he starts going towards David. And the Bible also says David runs toward Goliath. I think the enemy doesn't expect you to do that. I think the enemy just expects you to cower and run away as you've done in the past, as I've done in the past. But what if we got a word like David? David said, no, 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 no. Today you are going down. And that ugly head and that hairdo, mm -mm, that ain't going to last. And he says he stuck a stone in the sling and, you know, and really the slingshot didn't kill Goliath. It knocked him down on the ground. He cut off Goliath's head with Goliath's own sword. Could it be that what the enemy is using against you could be the very weapon that you could turn on him? If you'll just listen to the Lord, listen to truth, speak it and proclaim it loudly with boldness and say, you know what? That might have been the bread of before, but that ain't the bread of now. And I ain't there anymore. I'm right here. And you start doing what God's calling you to do. And you will start seeing victory. You'll start seeing things happen. You'll start seeing things. And here's the thing. You don't even have to start seeing because you know they're happening. I'm going to say that one more time. You don't even have to start seeing them because you already know they're happening. There's a difference between saying something in a prayer or in a declaration or and believing a prayer or declaration. Have you ever, you ever told your kids, say you're sorry. Sorry. <laughs> they're about as sorry as a mud hen. You know what I'm saying? They don't care. They're just sorry that they're in trouble. But how about if you, you know, the people that then would say, you know, would you, would you say you're sorry? Look, I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry. There's a big difference between sorry and I'm so sorry. There's a big difference between 
Say this with me. God's got this. And God's got this. Are you seeing what I'm saying? There's a big difference. We, we had our kids around the bed at night to pray. And, and Maddie was the littlest and she was little and she didn't want to pray. I mean, you'd like to think she's the pastor's kid. She'd want to pray. <laughs> I'm not so sure the other kids wanted to pray, honestly. You know, they don't mind praying. But, you know, sometimes they would pray and they'd be long. Mallory had a tendency to be long. And God, I just thank you for all the kids in my class. And thank you for the person on the left of me and the right of me. Thank you for my teacher. And thank you that we have enough chalk for the board. Thank you, God, that I have, you know. And Zach would be over here like, for the love of God. (laughs) So we were just like, okay, come on, bring it in. Come on, land the plane. So we finally got Maddie just to say stuff like, you know, thank you, God. And in the beginning, it was, thank you, God. But then after a while, it was, thank you, God. Because God, even though sometimes we're not invested, aren't you glad his love is bigger than that? Because he knows your heart, and before you ever vested in him, he vested in you. My challenge to you this morning is just love him. That's it. Just love him, but use the word because the enemy is after you. Don't, don't ever think that the enemy is just going to go, you know what, I'm just going to give you a season of a break. I don't know that he does that. You just get stronger. I don't know that he gives you a break. I think you just get stronger and stuff that, that would have bothered you before you don't notice now because you're, God has made you bigger than that. But I want to encourage you, guard your house, guard your home, Guard your kids. God's got good stuff in store for you. Bow your heads, close your eyes.